Hey there, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here, and today I wanted to talk about something that is has been met with some excitement, but also some trepidation, or, you know, people just don't think it's real, and that is the new patent from Nissan on a convertible truck. And what I mean by that, or what it appears to be with that patent, is something similar to, like, a Gladiator, right? You have the option with a Gladiator to get a hardtop that can be removed, and just like a Wrangler, you can kind of have, like, the option to go roofless or whatever. So Nissan has patented something similar, kind of almost like a cap design on the back, and uh, I'm going to pop over to my office here, and I'm going to show you that in more detail here in a second, so stay tuned for that. If you're watching on YouTube, I will show you that. Otherwise, I'm going to describe it to you guys on the podcast. But this thing has been going around making the rounds on the Nissan uh, Facebook groups and, and forums and things like that. So I just wanted to kind of touch on it. I wanted to call out some stuff about the history of Nissan. So I wanted to touch on that, and I've got some pretty interesting ideas, I think, about where this could be going and why I think it's an interesting move for Nissan. So if you want to hear more about the new patent on the convertible truck for Nissan and what that could mean for Nissan and just overlanding and camping in general, stay tuned. All right, so as I mentioned in the intro today, I'm talking about this new patent from Nissan that basically is sort of a convertible type truck or a truck bed. Some people have called it the next Xterra. There are a million people speculating on what this thing could mean. But I'm going to pop over to my office here and I'm going to show you this thing in a little bit more detail and I'm going to touch on my first point. But before I do that, let me break out what the three points I'm going to cover in today's podcast are going to be. The first is how quirky and fun and interesting and different Nissan has kind of always been for the last 40 or 50 years, maybe even longer. Um, so I'm going to show you some of that stuff. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about the patent itself, we're going to kind of look at that. I'm going to show you pictures of that, and uh, we're going to talk through what exactly it says and what it could mean for Nissan and for other competitors. And then I'm going to finish up with my final thoughts where I think it's going to go, whether I'm excited about the patent and the idea, and if it does turn into something, is it a good thing? Or what do I think we should be focusing on if not? So let's pop over to the office and I will show you the patent and I will also walk you through my ideas for how Nissan... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It's always been quirky. All right, so as I mentioned in the intro, today I'm talking about this new, you know, set of Nissan patents. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk about is how weird Nissan has kind of always been historically. Um, one of those cars is the Nissan POW. I've actually looked at a couple of these and thought about buying them. This car is kind of a strange looking, almost like Volkswagen Bug or, you know, Austin Mini style car. It's very strange looking. But like when you look at these things, uh, and you should go Google Nissan Pow, it's so funny. The interior of them, like these gauges and stuff, this big white dial style gauge 
is kind of indicative of like what some of the earlier Sentras look like, some of the the Xterra and stuff. Like the the 350Z had three round, smaller dials, but they looked again style-wise kind of similar to these things. So again, when you look at these older cars, you can kind of see how the weirdness of Nissan has kind of carried through. There was also a car called the Figaro that was around in the early 90s. It's almost like a little two-seater meant to be like an old-school looking like Triumph or something like that. It's just a very strange uh, designed car. But again, that interior is very unique, very Nissan, you know, with the big round gauges, the kind of quirky knobs and stuff on the radio. It, it's just a very, to me, having seen a bunch of Nissans, it, it definitely makes me think Nissan when I look at the interior of this thing. But again, like, why did they make this in the early 90s? Were people really buying two-door, two-plus-two-seater little weird cars? I don't know. Maybe. There are some old Nissan ones, too. There was uh, the one that is was actually in production, the Nissan Murano Cross Cabriolet. This thing was actually a convertible Murano SUV. The top went down. It was an SUV. It looks weird and not great, in my opinion. But they actually sold some of these. It's weird. They have the R390 race car, which this thing was amazing looking and broke a lot of records and stuff back for its time. They raced it in 24 hours of Le Mans. And so they needed to basically build a certain number of these cars in order to be able to race it. So they built some actual street legal R390 supercars next to the prototypes that they were going to race and then had to sell those, which is kind of interesting. But so again, they just have had all these weird cars. They've done some off-road car type stuff there actually back in the day there was a Datsun 240z race car there was an off-road race car and competed against Porsches and stuff like that there's the Delta Wing race car which is like a weird it almost looks like it has it's like a triangular shaped race car but they actually produced that thing too um, some of these are just concepts you know but like in the late 90s there was this thing called the Trail Runner which was just basically like a lifted Nissan two-door car with a big old wing on it that was ready to go off-road. I mean, it, for, for no reason. A two-door car that's lifted and looks like it's ready to go off-roading called the Trail Runner. So again, Nissan has always been weird, but that's part of what I love about Nissan is that they're not afraid to take risks, right? They're not afraid to try things that not everybody else is trying. And no hate towards Honda or or Toyota or anything like that, but when you look at them, they are more boring, right? They are very straight-laced. They... Are reliable they're good cars there's nothing bad to be said about them but they are just so boring and sometimes i get tired of being one of many when i can be one of one you know and be a little bit more unique with something that not as many people are going to choose and again i would argue that nissans are extremely reliable maybe not quite to the level of toyotas and hondas but they are extremely reliable cars and the fact that you get a little bit of interesting and quirky differentiation to me is worth it all right, so next I wanted to talk about this actual patent, the patent itself, or it's actually a series of patents. I keep calling it the patent, but I think that's just because most people just shared one picture online, which I'll show you if you're on YouTube or Spotify. But it's basically a picture of sort of a frontier with like a bed rack on the rear, and then they've got all these panels popping off of it. So like the roof of the truck opens up or comes off. The bed of the truck has a pass-through from the cab into the bed of the truck. And then like the roof of the, the uh, bed rack comes off. The sides and the back of the bed rack come off. So you can basically turn it into like an open air, almost like a Jeep Gladiator type of vehicle by removing some, some sealed panels. 
Now, again, if you're watching on YouTube, here's kind of a closer look at, um, you know, the idea of a pass-through. It would be sealed with some sort of like a gasket or something like that. But then you're able to be in the cab, have all this storage and all this room in the back. And then if you wanted to, you could pass through into the back of the thing, put a rooftop tent or something on the top of it and pass through up into that. So you're almost kind of turning a truck into an SUV but with the option to open it up again, like a Gladiator, like a Jeep, right? Where you can remove panels, you can remove the top. Presumably there would be some aftermarket support for this kind of stuff if they made something like this too, right? So they would have some sort of adaptable panels or you might have an ability to have uh, more attachment points to the panels that come off where you could mount rotopacks or traction boards or things like that. So, but it's just a fascinating and very Nissan sort of thing, right? To say, hey, you know, we're going to put this patent on it, this idea of having a truck that's very modular with a pass-through from the cab to the bed and uh, because we might build this thing. And they may never build it, right? But the fact that they did this and they, they placed these patents in early January 2024, so it's not like these are from 20 years ago or something. These are patents that they actually just applied for, just got. So it's a very interesting thing that they're thinking about this stuff. So anyways, that, that is sort of more on the patent. That is what they are talking about. Nissan being weird. Nissan is, you know, thinking of and, and potentially patenting ideas about a truck that can be blown apart and have bits and pieces that come off and a pass through from the cab back to the bed of the truck. So now let's kind of go back to Forrest, Jason, and uh, let's kind of hear my final thoughts and where I kind of think this is all going. All right, so now that we've talked through the Nissan quirkiness and the patent itself, let's finish up with my final thoughts and kind of where I think this is going and how excited or not excited I am about the idea of this patent. So again, I think that it is interesting. I, th I love that Nissan has done this. I love that they're always thinking of quirky, new, interesting things, right? A lot of people give Nissan a hard time. They call it slightly less reliable than Toyota or less reliable than a Honda or whatever. And I would agree with that. I would put Toyota and Honda at the very top from a reliability standpoint. They're also kind of at the top for the boring, the being the most boring manufacturers in a lot of ways. Nissan is is almost like, to me, to me the big three Ford, Dodge, Chevy, right? Dodge always had like sports cars, the Challenger, the Charger. Um, they had the 3000 GT back in the day. Like they had cool cars. They had the Eagle, they owned Eagle. They had the Eagle Talon back in the day. Like they had cool, sporty, different cars. They were trying to do fun stuff. They had, you know, the RT version of the truck with the bigger motor in it and things like that. So there was a lot of really cool stuff that Dodge was doing back then. It wasn't the most reliable, but they were the only ones doing interesting, cool, fun car person type stuff. That's kind of how I see Nissan, but way more reliable, right? I've had Dodges and, and I hate to say it, Dodge guys, I'm sorry. I will never have another one. I, I have no interest in owning a Dodge product ever again. My parents had Dodge products. They all had problems. So I just, I don't touch them anymore. I'm a Nissan guy. My Nissan's been super reliable, but Nissan is kind of that same way, right? They are quirky. They're weird. They're interested in the enthusiast. They, they do try to take care of the enthusiast, even though they do a bad job a lot of the times with it. Like the new Z is an example of them coming back to their roots and really showing how much they love car enthusiasts. The Xterra was a really weird SUV when it came out the door handles were up on the sides like the interior was quirky the everything about it was super weird just the fact that that ever even became a thing and now everybody loves the Xterra it's such a cool truck right um same with the Frontier these things are bulletproof and last forever and are very inexpensive especially compared to like a Toyota so I love Nissan for that stuff and I'd love to see them continuing this trend 
am I all that excited about the patent specifically? Do I really care about like potentially some sort of like a cap or something on the rear or a pass through or a removable roof or anything? Like, no, I don't, I don't really, none of that stuff is really, I mean, I would check it out if they came out with it. I would consider it. I'm not opposed to it. It's not what I'm clamoring for. What I would really, really, really love, and I've said this a couple times before, I think that Nissan needs to come, to team up one of their hybrid powertrains that they've got, like in the Q50 or in the Alto. I mean, they've got it in all these different cars, right? Take that hybrid powertrain, tack it onto the 3.8 with the 9-speed, and just do that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Give me a little bit more low-end torque. Do it in the vein of the Q50. If you're not familiar with that, the Infiniti Q50, they have a hybrid version of it. So the normal version in like 2014-15 was a 3.7 liter, basically the 3.7 liter six-cylinder out of a 370Z. And then they had this hybrid version, which was the old 3.5 liter out of the 350Z with the hybrid powertrain tacked on top of it. But the fun and interesting thing was they didn't approach it from a Prius mindset. They approached it from a Nissan mindset. And so they tacked on this, this hybrid powertrain. They gave it some electric juice. And then it actually had more horsepower than the 3.7 liter with a smaller displacement of three and a half liters. And it got better range. It got better gas mileage. So like there are a lot of things that a hybrid powertrain can do better than an EV or better than a non-hybrid. And the technology has been around for 20, 30 years now, right? So it's not like this is something new. It's not worst case if the hybrid technology stops working, then you've got a gas engine again, you know? But so I feel like that's a good long-term solution for a truck that you could own for 10, 15 years that would be super reliable, would get better gas mileage, would have better low-end torque. That's what I really want. That And, and tell me in the comments. If you're on, on uh, YouTube, get down in the comments and tell me what you guys think. Do you agree with that? Do you disagree with that? Is there something else out there that would be more interesting that you'd like to see on these frontiers? I mean, we all say we want the 5.6 liter out of a Titan. Of course, sure, we want that. But do we need it? I, you know, I don't know. Um so anyways, that's kind of my thought. That's where my head has gone after all this. But I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. This episode, of course, has obviously been kind of geared towards my Nissan following, which is a pretty significant chunk of this. But if you're not a Nissan person, I hope it was still interesting for you. If it was and you're on YouTube, click that like button. If you're not already subscribed on YouTube, click the subscribe button. I put out new videos every week. I do the podcast, but then I do other stuff that if you're just listening on the podcast, you're kind of missing out on. So in the description below is a link to YouTube. Pop over there and go check it out and subscribe on YouTube if you're just listening on the podcast. Also in the description are links to all my other social channels. So again, wherever you want to hang out, I'd love to have you. Go check those out. There's also a link to my website where I've got funny overlanding patches and stickers. So if you're into that stuff, it helps support the channel. And uh, they're pretty cool, I think. And they're good quality. So everybody that has ever bought them has pretty much loved them. So uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, check that out. And then last but not least, there's a link to my Patreon page where we've got a 24-7 Discord. We chat all the time and it's a ton of fun. It's also a way to support the channel, but don't feel obligated, right? No pressure whatsoever. But if you want to, that's a way to do it. Um, and then there's the Newbie Overlanders Facebook group, which is totally free to join. Tons of awesome members. Great place for newer campers, dispersed campers, overlanders. So if you want to have a place to chat with people that are interested in the same thing as you that aren't going to beat you up for asking some questions, check that place out. Um, but Again, thanks so much for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.